Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Southside Church online and Southside Church in person. Man, it is great to be with you today. I'm very excited about the time that we're going to spend together because I want to lay out a truth for us that is really simple, but I think if we apply it, like even this afternoon, I think we can turn a page on our lives, physically, emotionally, even spiritually. And it starts with a quote that I heard years and years ago, and I still think about it sometimes. It says this, if you do not know to which port you sail, no wind is favorable. If you do not know to which port you sail, no wind is favorable. There's another part to that equation also. And so I came up with my own quote. So let's go back to that first quote. The first quote says this, if you don't know to which port you sail, no wind is favorable. If you don't know to which port you sail, no wind is favorable. Awesome. And I would also add this, even if you've picked your port, if there is a hole in the bottom of your boat, you will not get there. I made that up myself, by the way. That's pretty amazing, right? You can write that down. You can use, hey, you can use it anytime you need it. Even if you picked your port, if there's a hole in the bottom of your boat, you're not going to get there. So, 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 so I sit down with a young man, and he says to me, I want to earn a full-ride scholarship. I want to play at such an elite level that a college or university coach comes to me and says, I will pay for your school in exchange for you playing on this team. Amazing. That's a great port to pick. And then I would ask that young man, hey, are you working on your game? How many shots are you putting up every day? Like away from practice and away from games, all on your own in the gym or on your driveway, how many shots are you getting up every day? Just for perspective, there was a time when I had my guards shooting a thousand shots a day. But let's say this young man looks at me and he says, I'm getting up about, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 shots a day. Oh no, we have a problem. So I would look at him and I would say, okay, we either have to pick a different port. Okay, so, so right now you say that you want a full ride scholarship, but it doesn't really look like it. So maybe we need to pick a different port. Maybe what you need to admit is, actually, I just want to play on the team. I, I, I like it right where I am. I want to play on the team. I want to go on some fun road trips. I want to have a, a track suit with the rest of the players on the team. And that's awesome because your current work ethic is going to get you exactly that. Basically, you're going to stay right where you are. However, if you really want to pick the port of a full ride scholarship, we got to fix the hole in the bottom of your boat. We're going to have to kind of amp up the work. Now, that's not just a basketball thing. That's a life thing, right? Maybe you've heard it expressed in different ways. Like people say this, like, if you want to be a winner, you got to train like a winner. That makes sense. Or if you want to experience victory, you need to deserve victory. Okay, okay, I get it. Or if you want to eat like a lion, you have to hunt like a lion. That's kind of grisly. Just forget that one. But, but, but here's the point. I really think that this afternoon, it would be a great idea for you to really lay some truth on yourself. Like, what do you want? In the major areas of your life, what do you actually want? And whatever it is that you want, are you working? Are you living in such a way as to arrive at that destination? So if I would sit with you right now and say, man, what do you want out of your marriage? Maybe you'd look at me and say, man, I, I want a marriage just like you have, Mike. Honestly, you picked a good port. I've been married for 30 years and I love my wife Corinne more today than I did on the day that we got married and I really loved her the day we got married. Like you picked a great port. But if I'm sitting with a young man and I say, okay, that's what you want. You want a marriage like Corinne and I have. It's awesome. Are you practicing the three C's? Number one, consistency. 
Are you pursuing your wife like you did when you wanted her to date you, when you wanted her to marry you? Are you thinking of her? Are you writing her little notes? Are you taking her out on dates? So consistency. Number two, are you communicating? Are you spending time to get to know her better? I'm still amazed. 30 years in, I'm still learning so much stuff about Corinne, and it's so fun. Communication. And thirdly, commitment. Are you committed? Are you faithful? Are you a one woman man? Is your wife your standard of beauty? Do you rejoice in her? And if you were to look at me and say, I'm not really practicing all of the three C's, I would say, okay, you've picked a great port, but we got to fix the hole in the bottom of your boat, okay? Because I really want you to get there. Or maybe this afternoon you can sit down and say, what's my goal for parenting? What do I want for my kids? Maybe you say, you know what? I want them to love God, love each other, stay connected to me, and be kind. That's a great goal. So are you living your life as a parent in such a way as to promote that? You want to stay connected. Stay connected. I love that. And one of the greatest blessings in my life is how connected our family is. You want to stay connected. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the last two years. It's been stressful, right? And what if I told you that if you really looked at the interactions that you've had with your daughter over the last two years, you've kind of slipped into this mode where the only time you really talk to her is when you want to correct something, when you want to critique, when you want to criticize. Now, I know there's lots of great things that you feel about her, but you just stop saying them. And you want to stay connected. That's interesting. Like, I want you to imagine for a second that you, you go to a gym to work out. And every day when you walk in the gym, there's the same person and they're standing there. And every single time you walk into the gym to work out, they have something to say to you. And it's never positive. Wow, nice park job. Your sweats are ugly. Man, you're going to actually lift some weight today? I was watching yesterday. It was terrible. Nice haircut. Now, now I want you to think about it. W- would you continue to attend that gym? I bet you wouldn't. I bet you'd find a new gym, right? See, on the trajectory that you're at, what's going to happen is as soon as she is old enough to get out, she's going to leave and you're going to become disconnected. So what we need to do, I think you've picked a great port. Let's fix the hole in the bottom of your boat. So, so what, what are your goals emotionally? Maybe you look at me and say, man, I want to live with hope and, and love and peace. I love that. That's great. That's a great port. But I got a question for you. Why is it then that every day you spend about eight hours scrolling through your phone and almost everything you read feeds your pessimism, your anger, and your anxiety? See, I think you picked a great port, hope and love and peace, and yet we got to fix the hole in the bottom of your boat because you're feeding pessimism, anger, and anxiety. What about financially? What's your goals? Like, if you were to actually tell the truth, what do you want to accomplish financially? Maybe you say to me, man, I want to get out of debt. I want to do well enough that I can be generous, generous to the people close to me and generous to the people of this city who are far from God by giving to this church. Man, that's amazing. That's a great port. And then I would just ask you one simple question. Do you have a budget? You know what a budget is, right? A budget is when you tell your money where to go rather than wondering where it went. Do you have a budget? And if the answer is no, I would say we've got to fix the hole in the bottom of your boat. And, and by the way, if you're somebody that just find, finds finances a challenge and you want a little bit of help with that, you can always text F-L-E, stands for Financial Learning Experience, 
to 604-670-3040. We run these classes throughout the year because I really know that one of the leading causes of stress and dissension in our world today is financial challenges. So let's get on top of it. But what I want to challenge you to do today, this afternoon, is just tell yourself the truth. Because truth really matters. And on that note, I want to dive into 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to talk today a lot about truth. 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 1, says this. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. So Paul's writing to Timothy here, a pastor of a church in Ephesus. He's saying, truth really matters, Timothy. That when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent to us the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And in John 16, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. Do you understand what I'm getting at? What I'm saying is this. When you walk in the truth, you are walking towards power, love, and a sound mind. And that's a big deal. Because our spiritual enemy, the devil, is also known as a father of lies. So when you walk in falsehood, when you walk in lies, you are walking away from power, love, and a sound mind, and you're walking towards fear. So in that sense, lies and falsehood are demonic. Paul goes on, he says this, These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. Okay. So when we walk in the truth, we walk towards power, love, and a sound mind. So here's what I really think you and I need to do. We need to decide today that we're going to walk in the truth. And and there's really a simple way to do it. Just be truthful. So number one, tell yourself the truth. This afternoon, sit down and tell yourself the truth. What is my goal in this area? What really is my goal in this area? What is the port that I'm sailing to? And then be truthful and ask yourself, am I living my life in such a way that I would move myself towards that goal? Or is there a hole in my boat? Tell yourself the truth. Tell other people the truth. Tell other people the truth. Every once in a while, someone will say to me, man, Mike, like, I don't know how you can be so real up there. Like, you tell all the nitty-gritty of your life, and you're really, really honest. That's a really simple decision for me. I decided to do that a long time ago because Paul says that if you start to lie, your conscience is killed. I don't want that. So not only do you need to tell yourself the truth, you need to tell other people the truth. I'll tell you one area in my life where I'm tempted to lie to people. I am. On the Enneagram, I am a three, which means I really want people to like me. And I think to some degree, we all want people to like us, but I think threes especially do. I am tempted to flatter. What I mean by that is like, if I notice that you got a haircut, and I'm actually pretty good at noticing if people got a haircut, without even thinking about it, before I even know it, I'm saying something like this. Man, that's amazing. It's so cool. Your haircut is so cool. You say, what's the big deal, Mike? there's something really depressing about flattery. I want to try to explain it to you. So saying stuff that isn't true, because your haircut, by the way, it's not that great, okay? I'm just being real with you, all right? But, 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 But when you say things that aren't true, to compliment people, and really all you're doing is trying to make them like you, but when you say stuff that isn't true, that's positive about other people, it's so depressing. Why? Do you know the life that I'm living right now? 
I'm surrounded by talented, gifted, amazing, beautiful, generous, anointed people who are doing all sorts of great stuff, really doing all sorts of great stuff, have all sorts of great qualities, amazing gifts, and I see them all the time. And you're telling me that I'm at the point where I'm so lazy that I can't pick out the great stuff that is happening around me that i got to make stuff up. No, 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 no. Tell the truth to yourself and tell the truth to other people. Walk in the truth. And tell the truth to God. Right? We talked about this over the last couple of weeks, that we're, we're following God. You know? We're, we're, we're walking towards him because we believe that when we walk in the spirit, we're walking towards power, love, and a sound mind. But every once in a while, we stumble. Tell God the truth. Say, God, I, I stumbled. I fell off. Forgive me and give me the strength to step back on. Tell God the truth. And when you walk in the truth like that, you're going to be walking towards power, love, and a sound mind, which is really important. I want you to think about that power. Power. I'm telling you this. In November of 2021, honestly, I can't think of a time in my life that we've needed power more than we do right now. Power. It's amazing. There's this passage in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says this. God can do anything, you know far more than you can imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. That's power. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because throughout 2021, there's a word that we've been using a lot, and that word is revival. And it's such a beautiful word to come alive again, to come alive again spiritually, to come alive again. There's a part of me in 2021 that looks and says, man, I thought that 2021 was going to be my bounce back year. But you know what? It turns out it's not really working out. Like I thought COVID was going to be all over. But in some ways, 2021 is worse because we all had our hearts set on the fact that there'd be no more quarantines, no more enmity, no more fighting, no more sickness. And it's going on and it's kind of depressing and it's kind of discouraging. I guess maybe 2022 will be a year of revival. But it's so amazing when you look at the revivals throughout history, the revivals in the Bible. Do you know what? They didn't happen during a time of great prosperity. They didn't happen during a time of great comfort. They almost always occurred in a time of great adversity, even crisis. Why? Because God's power is made manifest first. Where? Inside of me. Not based on outside circumstances. I want hope to rise inside of me. I want life to rise inside of me. I want love to rise inside of me. I want strength to rise inside of me. I want his power to rise inside of me. And in that sense, 2021 is a bounce back year, will be a bounce back year. It's not over yet. It's November 7th. We can make this year a bounce back year starting right now. How? God, make your power manifest in my life. Let hope rise in me. Let love rise in me. Let life and strength and joy and power rise in me. When we walk in the truth, we walk towards that kind of power. God's Spirit gives you power. gives you love. You know, unity instead of division. Kindness instead of cruelty. Love instead of hate. Helping instead of hurting. We need that in November of 2021, right? And it will give you a sound mind. When you walk in the truth, you move towards power, love, and a sound mind. I want hope. I want love. I want peace. How? Walk in the truth. 
See, when you walk in falsehood, when you walk in lies, you're walking away from power, love, and a sound mind, and you're walking towards fear. So Paul says truth matters. And he goes on, and this is so important, listen to this. They will say, these are the liars, they will say it's wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. So say, you you got to tell yourself the truth this afternoon. You need to spend some time telling yourself the truth. You need to tell other people the truth. You need to tell God the truth. And one more thing Paul mentions here, you, you need to be truthful when you speak for God. You understand what he's saying here? God says you shouldn't be married. No, he didn't. God said you shouldn't eat certain kinds of food. He didn't say that. God said you should vote for that political party. No, he didn't. God says you should think this way about masks. He didn't say that. Oh, God says the only music that you should play in church is the pipe organ. He didn't say that. Don't lie. God says your opinion about vaccines should be this and only this. He didn't say that. Don't lie. It's demonic. When you lie and claim to be representing God, that is demonic. That's a problem. Now you're not only walking yourself towards fear, you're walking other people towards fear, and that's an issue. So I was coaching basketball. And I had these wing nuts that played for me, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. I mean, these guys, they would have left that Christian school <laughs> like a long time ago, but they didn't because we had the best, one of the best basketball programs in the province, so they stuck around. But I mean, these were 16, 17, 18-year-old guys. They had issues. They had challenges. They had struggles. They had attitudes. They really had attitudes. Bunch of wing nuts. And they would have gladly left that school if it wasn't for the basketball program. And it's so interesting because at a time in their lives when they really weren't listening to almost anyone, they would listen to me. And I picked my spots, but I got a chance to tell them about the love and the mercy and the grace and the kindness of God. I got to tell them, you know what? You might have given up on God. God's never given up on you. You might have forgotten about God, God will never forget about you. You might not believe in God, but here's the thing. God believes in you. And at a time when they were listening to no one, they would listen to me, and I considered it a high honor and an incredible privilege. And I remember one night, late practice, about 10 o'clock at night, I'm walking out after practice to my car. It was a long day. I bet you I had been at school probably at 4 a.m. like I always was. And now it's 10 p.m. And I'm walking out to my car. And there was a pastor walking through the parking lot. And he saw me. He says, hey, Mike, what are you still doing here? I said, I just got done basketball practice. He looked at me and he shook his head. And he walked away. And as he was walking away, I remember thinking to myself, that's kind of a weird response. And then he stopped. And he paused for a second. And he turned around. And he came walking back towards me, and he said, someone has got to tell you the truth. Someone's got to tell you the truth. Really? Really? That's how you're going to spend your time. 
running around in a little gym, teaching these kids to dribble a little ball around and put a little ball in a little hoop. You're kidding me. That's how you're going to spend your time? The Bible says that young men should be singing songs to the Lord with tambourine and harp. And then he turned and he walked away. And I remember thinking at the time, it was kind of weird and a little bit funny, but it hit me later, no, actually it's demonic. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, Jesus himself said in Mark 16, verse 15, listen, he said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Into all the world. Even the gym? Yeah, even the gym. Even the basketball court? Oh, yeah. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Even a bunch of 16 and 17 and 18-year-old kids with attitudes? Yeah, even them. Even a bunch of wingnuts, maybe especially the wingnuts. God says you shouldn't get married. No, he didn't. God says you shouldn't eat certain kinds of food. He didn't say that. God says it's only the pipe organ. Didn't say that. God says you have to think this about masks. God says you have to think this about vaccines. God says it's all about the harp and the tambourine. No, it isn't. God didn't say that. And when you lie on behalf of God, now you're not only leading yourself into fear, you're leading other people into fear. Don't do that. And I love the way Romans 14 puts it. Listen to this. This is Paul writing also. God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together, and completes it with joy. Your task is to single-mindedly serve Christ. Do that and you'll kill two birds with one stone, pleasing the God above you and proving your worth to the people around you. So let's agree to use all our energy in getting along with each other. Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. You're certainly not going to permit an argument over what is served or not served at supper to wreck God's work among you. Are you? God says you can't get married. No, he didn't. God says you can't eat that kind of food. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. When you start to lie on behalf of God, that's demonic. Paul ends this way. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Training for godliness. So I started thinking to myself, like, what is it that tempts us to walk away from truth and walk towards lies? What, what is it that tempts us to stop telling the truth to ourselves, stop telling the truth to other people, stop telling the truth to God, or even start lying on behalf of God? What makes us do that? And I thought of this phrase, training for godliness. Like, you remember earlier when I was talking about my marriage and how we've been married for 30 years and I love Corinne more now than I did the day I married her and I really, really loved her the day that we got married. I was really invested in her. I really cared for her. I was really pursuing her. And I've never stopped. 
You know why? I've never stopped being grateful that Corinne Swan would actually agree to be my wife. It's amazing. And I thought to myself, I wonder, like I really, really wonder if the reason why some of us are tempted to walk away from truth and walk towards lies is because we've lost our sense of gratitude. David said, restore unto me, God, the joy of my salvation. Like, I wonder if that's what's missing. Like, 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 I wonder if you follow Christ for long enough and you just get bored of it. And then all of a sudden you start to talk about pipe organs and tambourines and harps and vaccines and masks because you've lost the joy of your salvation. You've lost your sense of gratitude. And someone says to you, yeah, you know, Jesus died for you so you could be forgiven and uh, he rose again. Wow. And you go, yeah, I know. I know that. But it's boring. And I just, I just wonder if we all need to step back and, and maybe what, we're, what Paul's talking about there when he says training in godliness is restore our sense of gratitude. And I would love it if you could spend a little bit of time this week and open up your Bible, go on your phone and, and go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. There's this incredible little story in there. Jesus tells it. It's about this shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And he has a hundred sheep. At some point along the way, one of the sheep wanders away from the flock and wanders away from the shepherd. And the interesting thing about the story is that it doesn't explain why that one little sheep wandered off. And see, when I read that story, what I realize is, spiritually speaking, that one little sheep, that's me. And why did that sheep wander? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was a rebellious black sheep. Maybe it was a broken little sheep. Or maybe it was a sheep that wasn't maybe quite as smart as all the other sheep, and it just kind of wandered away because of that. I guess for me, spiritually speaking, all of the above would be true. But Jesus doesn't tell why the sheep wandered off. We just know that this one little sheep wandered away from the rest of the flock. And, and I think of this picture that this one little sheep, at first, he's like, I'm living life, you know? I'm, 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 I'm not, I don't have to listen to the shepherd anymore. I don't have to be with all the other sheep. I'm on my own. This is sweet. I'm a black sheep. I'm doing great. And so this one little sheep, I don't know, maybe he was rebellious, maybe he was broken, maybe he just wasn't as smart as all the other sheep, but he wanders off and, and he's just loving life. But next thing you know, he wanders and he wanders and he wanders and he's out in the wilderness and he realizes, I'm getting a little worried here. Like darkness is descending and I don't know where the flock is and I don't know where the shepherd is, but I got to get back. And he starts to run and he runs 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 and now it's the middle of the night and he can't run no more and he's stuck. And I just want you to imagine for a second this one little sheep. He wandered away from the flock, right? And we don't really know why. Like maybe he's just rebellious or, or maybe he's just broken or maybe he's just not as smart as the other sheep. But the point is he's, it's the middle of the night and, he, and he's far from safety and the predators are going to show up and he can't run anymore. And so he's huddled up in this little hollow and he's breathing and he's scared and he's anxious and it's over. But over here is the good shepherd. And this is what he did. He, he left the 99 sheep. And he went out into the wilderness with no regard for his own comfort, with no regard to his own safety. He went after that one little lost sheep. And he, and he found him.
curled up in the middle of the night, completely alone, completely blind, completely lost, completely helpless. And he took that little sheep, and he put it on his shoulders, Jesus says, and he carried him back home. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that I'm the one he left the 99 for. And I will never, ever, ever forget that. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now I'm fully, completely, totally alive. I was broken, but now I am whole. I'm the one he left the 99 for. You get it? And here's what's crazy. So are you. You're the one he left the 99 for. And here's what I was thinking is if we could remember that, if we could never lose our sense of awe about that, our sense of gratitude over that, we wouldn't walk in lies. We wouldn't make stuff up. We would just be absolutely grateful every moment of our lives that Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, the son of God, would step into human history, would lay down his life so that I could live, so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be found. I'm the one, you're the one, we're the ones that he left the 99 for, and that never, ever gets old. So walk in that truth. Walk in that truth. Walk in that truth, and you will be moving your whole life. You will be moving towards what? Power and love and a sound mind. I know it. I'm the one. I'm the one he left the 99 for. You're the one. You're the one he left the 99 for. So as we close today, why don't we just bow our heads and close our eyes and pray. Just a moment of personal reflection, whether you're online or in person. I just have a quick question for you. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you that much? That even if you've given up on him, that he that he's never given up on you? That even if you've lost sight of him, he's never lost sight of you? That even if you've been in a place where you don't believe in him, he's never stopped believing in you? He loves you so much that he sent his son, the good shepherd, Jesus. And Jesus died so that your sins could be forgiven. He rose again so that you could be free, free to walk in truth today, tomorrow, and forever. And if that's you, whether you're online or in person, and today is the first day that you realize that, that Jesus, I want to accept what you did. I'm, that, I'm the one that you left the 99 for. And I just want, to, want you to take me from lost to found, from dead to alive, from blind to fully able to see. If that's you, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, can you just raise your hand right now? Even if you're online, just raise your hand where, right where you're at if it's, a safe, if it's safe for you to do so. Just want to give you a second. You're the one, by the way. You know that, right? You're the one he left the 99 for. Today's your day. Okay, if you just raise your hand, you can put it down, and I just want to pray out loud, and if you could join me silently while I pray, that'd be great. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you stepped into human history as the good shepherd. Thank you that you died and rose again. So first of all, Jesus, I ask you to be my savior. I hand you all my sin and all my shame and all my regrets, and I ask that you would forgive me. Give me a clean slate. And thank you that you rose again so that I could be fully, completely, totally alive, walking in the truth today, tomorrow, and forever. I love you, and I thank you. And God, for all the rest of us who have called Southside Church home, 
I pray that we would be a people who walk in truth, that we tell the truth to ourselves, that we tell the truth to others, that we tell the truth to you, and that we represent you so well, and that we would never, ever, ever, ever forget that we're the one that you left the 99 for. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys a lot. I can't wait to see you in person next week. And if you just raised your hand and prayed that prayer for the first time, whether you're online or in person, I would love it if you could text the keyword LIFE, L-I-F-E, to 604-670-3040. We just have some resources that we would love to share with you and, and just a chance to get connected and to cheer you on as you walk in the truth towards power, love, and a sound mind. I love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.